This is an ABC News special. The death of President George Herbert Walker Bush. Here is ABC News correspondent Alex Stone. George Herbert Walker Bush, the 41st president of the United States, has died at the age of 94. His death comes after burying his wife of over 73 years, Barbara, earlier this year. He was a man who put country above party, the common good above political gain, and service to others above the settling of scores. Patriarch to one of the most powerful political dynasties in American history, George Bush was elected president in 1988. He served only one term. He was vice president for eight years under Ronald Reagan. His sons following in his political footsteps, George W. Bush elected president in 2000 and his son Jeb serving as governor of Florida. In recent years, President Bush has been widely praised for being able to make decisions to put his own political future in peril. His leadership during the first Gulf War made him immensely popular, but later in his term, he faced a struggling economy and backlash from perhaps his most famous promise, Read my lips. No new taxes. It was an extraordinary American life. President Bush facing victory and defeat with modesty, humor, and uncommon grace. My colleague Terry Moran looks back now on the remarkable life of George Herbert Walker Bush. January 1989. I, George Herbert Walker Bush, do solemnly swear. He was 64 years old and he had at long last reached the pinnacle of American power. But for George H.W. Bush, the presidency was really just one chapter in a remarkable lifetime of service to our country. A record of heroism and leadership he found hard by his nature to discuss. I may sometimes be a little awkward, but there's nothing self-conscious in my love of country. Today, in a noisier and coarser political era, it's almost hard to imagine that such a man, so thoroughly decent, so moderate in his beliefs and style, could be president. But you must feel responsibility to others. You must believe in serving others. I think that's, that's a fundamental tenet of my life. George Bush was born on the 12th of June, 1924, into the privileged world of the Eastern Establishment. His father, Prescott Bush, was a United States Senator from Connecticut, a Republican. On his 18th birthday in 1942, George enlisted to fight in World War II becoming the youngest pilot in the U.S. Navy. Two years later, on his 50th mission, his plane was shot down over the Pacific. I knew if I wasn't rescued, I would be uh, captured. And it was, it was a harrowing experience. After the war, Bush came home and married his teenage sweetheart, Barbara Pierce. And over the years, they had six children, future President George W. Bush, future Florida Governor Jeb, sons Marvin and Neil, daughter Dorothy, and a little girl named Robin, who died of leukemia at the age of three in 1953. The pain of that loss was still evident years later in an interview with ABC's Diane Sawyer. I was very close to her. I'm sure adored him. What was it that pulled you back up on your feet afterwards? He was very strong then. He was wonderful. George and Barbara Bush were married longer than any first couple in the nation's history. After college at Yale University, Bush moved to Texas, became a successful oil man, and won a seat in Congress in 1966. Then came a string of high-profile appointments serving the country in so many ways, from the United Nations to envoy to China to director of the CIA. I will put politics totally out of my sphere of activities. But there was one goal that remained. Ladies and gentlemen, I am a candidate for President of the United States. It was 1980, and Bush ran as a moderate. But 1980 was Ronald Reagan's year. Reagan picked Bush as his running mate, and for eight years, George Bush was a loyal vice president. When his own time finally came, he offered his own vision, a reflection of his deepest ideal. I want a kinder and gentler nation. As president, George Bush led the nation skillfully on the world stage as the Berlin Wall came down and the Soviet Union collapsed, and when Saddam Hussein invaded Kuwait... A line has been drawn in the sand. Bush pulled together a broad coalition of allies, including many Arab nations, and launched Operation Desert Storm. 
Kuwait is liberated. Iraq's army is defeated. Our military objectives are met. He seemed a sure bet for re-election in 1992. But the economy tanked, and the moderate Bush had broken a pledge to the increasingly conservative Republican Party. Read my lips. No new taxes. It might have cost him the election. And defeat was so bitter for him. I just had a great feeling of letting down a lot of people. A lot of people that work for me. You have this ghastly feeling, you let them down. And then you get over it and you go on with your life. But so typical of this gentleman, years later, he forged a surprising friendship with the man who beat him, Bill Clinton, when they raised money together for the victims of Hurricane Katrina. I think it sent a good sign across the country that you don't have, because you run against somebody, it doesn't make you an enemy. That's the way we'd like it to be. In George H.W. Bush's America, that's the way it could be. He died a man of character, a man of faith, a man ready, as the old saying goes, to enter his house justified. I do think that, that you go to heaven, there is heaven, and uh, I don't fear it, though. When I was a little guy, I'd fear death. I'd be I'd worried about it, be scared. Not anymore. ABC's Terry Moran there, looking back at the life of George H.W. Bush. I want to turn now to Ann Compton. She covered the White House for us here at ABC News for four decades. She was there for the 12 years President Bush served as vice president and then president. She got to know the man and the Bush family extremely well. Here she is now with my colleague, Aaron Katursky. When he took office at 64 years old, he had reached the pinnacle of American power, but the presidency and was really just one chapter in a rather remarkable lifetime of service for George H.W. Bush. No other president came in and sat down at that Oval Office desk with such broad government experience. He'd been a two-term two member of Congress. Uh, George Bush was chairman of the Republican Party during the painful days of Watergate when the Republican president resigned in disgrace. He had been an ambassador at the United Nations to China, director of the CIA, and of course, eight years as a globe-trotting vice president. And he took office at a time when he was required to lead the nation as the Berlin Wall came down and the Soviet Union collapsed, an incredible moment in world history. Looking in the rearview mirror, we can see what a seismic change was happening in the geopolitical map of the world at the very time that George Bush reached the peak of his career. The communist East was coming apart at the seams. Uh, the Persian Gulf petropolitics were at a boiling point in the Middle East. And George Bush came to office having not only dealt with these issues and traveled extensively, especially as vice president. But he had known so many world leaders when they too were rising through the ranks of their countries. And uh, that gave him a personal connection in virtually every corner of the world. And in a noisier and coarser political era uh, in which we find ourselves now, it's almost hard to imagine that there was such a, a politician and, and president so thoroughly decent and, and moderate in his beliefs, someone like that who could actually be president. George Bush was the last of the World War II era leaders. He was the end of a generation who had come in at a time when, yes, partisan politics were played in Washington, but when it came to the good of the country, many of the leaders of his era believed, yes, you have to work with those across the political aisle. George Bush was well-known here in Washington. He'd been in Congress, he'd been in government, and he was very well-liked. I remember good friends, close friends that he had among the Democrats in Congress. But George Bush wasn't feared. He did not have a lot of uh, political leverage, especially with Congress. So his actual governmental and career achievements didn't really live up to those of, say, his predecessor, Ronald Reagan. Ann Compton there with Aaron Katursky. We'll hear more from Ann later in the hour. Coming up, Diane Sawyer and President George H.W. Bush in one of the places he loved the most. This ABC News special, The Death of President George Herbert Walker Bush, continues after this. 
I'm Jeff Berman, U.S. Attorney for the Southern District of New York. The Department of Justice wants you to know that if you have been sexually harassed by a landlord or property manager, a loan officer or housing official, a maintenance worker or security guard, you can do something about it. Call 844-380-6178 or email fairhousing at usdoj.gov. You have fair housing rights under the law. Call 844-380-6178. Your morning's first news. Good morning, America. We want to get right to that breaking news. Never just the headlines. Always digging deeper. Reporting the facts you deserve. The exclusive news-breaking interviews. What everyone's talking about. Robin, George, Michael. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Serving up what you need and what you want. First thing every morning. Good morning, America. That's why GMA is America's number one morning show. We'll see you in the morning on GMA. And we thank you. I am a veteran, and my victory was finding the strength to be a champion. I am a veteran. My victory is having a job I can be proud of. America's veterans are on their most important tour, the tour of their lives. My victory was finishing my education. Mine is proving a disability is not a limitation. At DAV, we're on a mission to help veterans get the benefits they've earned. My victory is having my new battle buddy. As veterans face their challenges, DAV is there to help for victories great and small. I'm a veteran, and my victory is getting the help I needed to put my life back together. DAV offers veterans of all generations a lifetime of support. I'm a veteran. My victory is being there for my family. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. First out the door, when it matters most, from all across the globe to every corner here at home, he asks, he listens. For more than a decade, he's been right there, everywhere. David Muir, covering our world. And when American jobs are on the line, he leads the charge. More Americans are now watching World News Tonight than in a decade. And we thank you. ABC's World News Tonight with David Muir. He reports to you. I'm at risk of thinking there's just no point in trying. I'm at risk of looking in the mirror and hating what I see. I'm at risk of being told not to tell. But with Girls Inc. in my corner, I will not be another statistic. I will fight for myself. With you in my corner, I will win. Fuel her fire and she will change the world. Girls Inc. I don't like to go to school hungry. I'm embarrassed that I don't have my lunch. I get tired when I don't eat. Hunger is unkind. Hunger is unfair. Hunger is uncool. Hunger is everyone's problem. Hunger is unloving. Uncaring. Unacceptable. Unimaginable. Hunger is you. Hunger is me. Hunger is all of us. Help undo hunger for America's children. Go to hungeris.org. Together, we can make a difference. Having someone's back, it's about being there when you're needed. It's about standing up for those you believe in. In the military, got your six means, I've got your back. Today, it's more than a term. It's a way to bring veterans and civilians together. It's a show of respect for all who served. And a way to ensure that they return home to be seen as assets and leaders. I've got your six. 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 To find out how you can help, visit gotyoursix.org today. This is an ABC News special. The death of President George Herbert Walker Bush. Here is ABC News correspondent Alex Stone. President George Herbert Walker Bush passing away at the age of 94. A man who's now being described as somebody who is willing to reach across the aisle. A more rare style of politics in today's world. ABC's Cokie Roberts has been covering politics in the White House for decades. She's covered many presidents and knew the Bush family very well. ABC's Andy Field now with Cokie's thoughts on President Bush's passing. Thanks, Alex. And Cokie, thank you for being with us. You knew and reported on George H.W. Bush. What do you think his legacy will be? Well, he was the last president of our, our particular period 
who was a true institutionalist. He really believed in the institutions of Congress, of the presidency, and of the court, and acted on that. Um, I did an event with him uh, for the, I don't know, 200th or whatever anniversary of the Ways and Means Committee, where he had served in his brief time in Congress. But uh, he was president, a Republican, a Democrat. Danny Wastenkowski was chairman of the committee. He wanted to come celebrate that connection. And he felt that way all the way through his presidency, that the Congress was a co-equal branch, people that he paid attention to and um, wanted to also have fun with. And, of course, he certainly had the experience and the training to be president. He uh, was a World War II veteran. Uh, He was ambassador to the U.N. and envoy to China, director of the CIA. He knew the mechanics of government and how things worked in Washington. And, of course, uh, two terms under Ronald Reagan here. What Do you think he was one of the better, if not best, prepared for the office well, going in? He certainly had one of the best resumes going in. We don't know what it means to be prepared to be president. That's a, that's still a question mark. But um, But he had one of the best resumes ever, and he was thoughtful about it. He certainly cared about each of those roles. And one that I would not leave out, Andy, is uh, head of the Republican National Committee. As head of the Republican National Committee, he wrote to the President of the United States that Richard Nixon needed to resign. Now, think about that. That was quite a remarkable thing to do. But he he pulled up his his now-famous socks and did it. (laughs) You know, he certainly had challenges during his administration. The economy wasn't great. He ended up having to lead a coalition into war against Saddam Hussein, which was successful, and he got high marks for that here. But uh, he also had some controversies, including the man he picked as his vice president and uh, the man he picked for the Supreme Court, Clarence Thomas. Uh, Those two things uh, kind of dogged him through his administration. Well, people didn't feel that either Dan Quayle or Clarence Thomas was particularly qualified uh, for their respective roles. And um, and the president's insistence that they were uh, was something of a joke, frankly. Um, but he also had, of course, um, the whole budget summit out at Andrews Air Force Base where he had to go back on his read my lips, no new taxes pledge. And that became a terrible problem uh, for him in the Republican Party. And he was challenged in a primary for president. And once that happens, you lose. Nobody who's challenged in a primary for president wins. And so um, that was really kind of the death knell, but it was also the responsible thing to do. He was trying to find a way to um, make a budget agreement that would work for everybody. And uh, it required raising some taxes, and it turned the party against him. Tell us something about the man and uh, what he was like as a person, not not necessarily the person we all saw on television as president, but just as a person. Well, what you saw basically was what you got, was an incredibly decent human being, but also a very loving and caring and quite emotional human being. Uh, I remember going to... Hugh Sidey, a long-time time correspondent, uh, funeral. And um, presidents have to plan their funerals well in advance, and the military's involved and all of that. And President Bush had expected Hugh Sidey to be one of his eulogists, and then Hugh Sidey went and died. And so uh, Bush was Hugh Sidey's eulogist. And he stood up there and he said, I'm going to try to get through this but I suspect I can't. And if I can't, Doro, his only daughter, only surviving daughter, will be here and she'll finish it for me. And he tried. He tried really hard to talk about a man he loved and cared about, and then he just couldn't do it. And his daughter had to finish the eulogy. And he was that way. He was very emotional. He was very caring. I have letters from him that are just incredibly dear that are basically either sympathy notes or thank you notes, but they're always 
personal. He knows to say something special to you. They're not just a forum letter. And um, his letters, of course, become legend, and his books of them are really object lessons for people trying to learn how to be polite in American society today. Our longtime correspondent, Cokie Roberts, speaking with our Andy Field. The Bush family spent many summers and special moments at their compound in Kennebunkport, Maine. A number of years ago, ABC's Diane Sawyer paid a visit to President Bush at his cherished home along the coast. So when you look out at this scene, what do you see? Yeah, I see the power of the sea. I see the wonders of the sea. I see my boat. I love going in a boat. And I just feel totally relaxed here in Maine by the coast. Is it a good time? In life? Yeah, it is a good time. And Barbara makes a lot of that for us and the family. Family means everything to me. Is there something you always want to make sure that you say to them, make sure that they know even the, you now have great-grandchildren. Well, just that we love them, and I think they know that. And uh, yeah, there's a little great-granddaughter here on the point right now, and a beautiful little girl. And I have a little worry that I won't be around to see her grow much older. But it's not a, it's not a fearsome thing. It's not a worry, worry in the sense of feeling cheated out of something. I don't know where I'd be in life if I wasn't blessed with a lot of kids and grandkids and family, including, of course, Barbara. I mean, it's, it's very lucky. And friendship, family and friends. Even though you grew up in a very comfortable life, there was always a sense of responsibility to the rest of the world. Well, there should be. I mean, those we've been given a lot of material things and I've been very blessed when you look around and compare life to others, that how lucky we've been. But you must feel responsibility to others. You must believe in serving others. I think that's, that's a fundamental tenet of my life. You've always been an optimist, no matter what. That's right. You've got to continue to be. And I am an optimist about life and about the, everything that lies ahead. After 67 years, what have you learned about Mrs. Bush? Oh boy, I've learned a lot about her, but I, she's just so kind and into everything and, and uh, leader of our family. And she's uh, an amazing spirit, amazing, unselfish spirit. And she, uh, too bad the grandkids aren't here. You could ask them about her. But, you know, I just sit there now and watch her interact with the family. She's just wonderful. And every night, there she is. We say our prayers and go to sleep. Never go to bed angry and stay angry. Never stay angry. That's good advice for married folks. You're going to fight. You're going to have fights, I'm sure. But don't, don't, don't go to sleep being angry. I asked him if he had any idea what heaven might be like. I've yeah. wondered about it. Who you see, when you get there, who do you look up, how do you find them? There's a lot of people there. Yeah. Maybe you look around and find some didn't make it, too. President Bush talking about his life and loves with ABC's Diane Sawyer. Coming up, a presidential historian on the legacy of George H.W. Bush. This ABC News special. The death of President George Herbert Walker Bush continues after this. You have the right to feel safe in your home. This includes the right under federal fair housing laws to be free from unwanted sexual conduct. I'm Jeff Berman, U.S. Attorney for the Southern District of New York. The Department of Justice wants you to know that if you have been sexually harassed, by a landlord or property manager, a loan officer or housing official, a maintenance worker or security guard, you can do something about it. Contact us at 844-380-6178 or email fairhousing at usdoj.gov. You have rights under the Fair Housing Act. Call 844-380-6178 or email fairhousing at usdoj.gov. Everyone has the right to feel safe at home.
your morning's first news. Good morning, America. We want to get right to that breaking news. Never just the headlines. Always digging deeper. Reporting the facts you deserve. The exclusive news-breaking interviews. What everyone's talking about. Robin, George, Michael. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Serving up what you need and what you want. First thing every morning. Good morning, America. That's why GMA is America's number one morning show. We'll see you in the morning on GMA. And we thank you. When it matters most, he's right there for you. Good evening from Charleston, from Philadelphia, from California. When history is made. Do you have a message for America? When we're all searching for answers. Good evening tonight from Hungary. David Muir, right there. I'm going to ask the secretary here to tackle ISIS first. And when American jobs are on the line. Vamos a ver la marca de los Estados Unidos en, en un coche. He leads the charge. <laughs> because he reports to you. ABC's World News Tonight with David Muir. What does home feel like? It's in the faces of Americans who built generations of memories in their home and then saw it slipping away until friends they had never met turned out to lend a hand. For more than 30 years, Rebuilding Together has spread hope to homeowners in need, providing free home rehabilitation, making homes safer and more energy efficient. Go to rebuildingtogether.org and share the feeling of home. Are you an embarrassment on the dance floor? Do you confuse state capitals, make runny scrambled eggs, and read too many celebrity gossip magazines? Do you drink milk straight from the carton, think trigonometry is a planet, and snore louder than a Kodiak bear? Well, if you answered yes to any of the above questions, you may have what it takes to adopt a teen from foster care. Because teens don't need perfection, they need you. So if you bite your nails like they're a snack food, think an MP3 is a computer virus, can't tell a right angle from an acute, constantly lose the remote, can't parallel park, confuse hip-hop with double dutch, and are afraid of spiders, dentists, and clowns, it's okay. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. There are thousands of teens in foster care who would love to put up with you. For more information on how you can adopt, call 1-888-200-4005 or go to adoptuskids.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt Us Kids, and the Ad Council. I'm at risk of thinking there's just no point in trying. I'm at risk of looking in the mirror and hating what I see. I'm at risk of being told not to tell. But with Girls Inc. in my corner, I will not be another statistic. I will fight for myself. With you in my corner, I will win. Fuel her fire and she will change the world. Girls Inc. This is an ABC News special. The death of President George Herbert Walker Bush. Here is ABC News correspondent Alex Stone. Welcome back. During his presidency, George H.W. Bush was extremely popular early on as the first Gulf War unfolded, but then things started changing. Later, the economy became a thorn in his side, and finally, he was unable to get reelected. Mark Updegrove is a presidential historian and author. He's written a book about George H.W. Bush, and he's conducted exclusive interviews with five U.S. presidents. He joins me now. Mark, on this day and looking down the road, how will President George H.W. Bush be remembered? Well, I think in three ways. Number one, he was a, um, a very consequential president during a perilous time, at a time at the end of the Cold War, which uh, ended peacefully. And there was no certainty that the, uh, the Cold War would uh, end without shots being fired or tanks in the street. G George Bush, through his quiet, uh, stolid diplomacy, ensured that, uh, that we had a peaceful resolution to the Cold War and that there was a, a, a triumph of American ideals. I think that's, that's his major legacy as president, and he may well be the best one-term president this nation has ever had. I think he will also be remembered as the patriarch of the, the Bush dynasty, which produced the 43rd president, George W. Bush, and, and exemplifies the values, the, the ethos of the Bush family, decency, civility, uh, and the notion of putting something above one's self. Um, I, I think, and, and I think in, in this time, the, th the third thing is just the, the, the decency of George Bush is, is in contrast 
to the times that, that we see today. This is a man who wanted a kinder, gentler nation uh, and, uh, and, and set about policies that would, that would reflect that, that the, the compassion of America, the empathy of America. Clearly, Mark, he came into office during a big time of change, the, the fall of the Berlin Wall, the collapse of the, the Soviet Union. You, you mentioned some of his big accomplishments. Domestically, if you had to choose his biggest accomplishment, of course, you know, we know the, the read my lips and everything else, all the promises that were made. What was the, the one big thing, the impact he had on this country? Well, I think that there are there are two pieces of legislation that I think are significant: the the the, the Clean Air Act that he put through that that sh, uh, that, that resulted in environmental reform, uh, and the uh, the Americans with Disabilities Act, which freed up an entire segment of our of our population, and again reflected that kinder, gentler ethos that he saw for America. But it's interesting, Alex, because you mentioned the. The, the no new taxes pledge, which he violated to his political detriment. Uh, but in fact, uh, economists will say today that those, those taxes put in place in 1990 paved the way for the unprecedented prosperity of the Clinton years. So ultimately, they were a good thing for the economy, though, uh, though Americans felt the pain, and, and George Bush certainly felt the political pain when he violated that pledge uh, early in his presidency. Talking about his feelings, in uh, it was 1992 when he announced that he was going to seek a, a second term. When that uh, became not a reality, how did, how did he take that, that, that he would not be in for a second term? I think he took it hard. Uh, you know, this is, is, he, is he, he likened to, to a, a Kenyan uh, marathon runner who got injured during the course of his Olympic run and ended up finishing the race, the race rather almost limping across the finish line. And uh, when asked why he finished the race, he said, because my country didn't send me here to start the race. They sent me here to finish it. And uh, George Bush felt when he left office in 1993 uh, uh, and, and gave the, uh, uh, the presidency over to Bill Clinton that he hadn't finished the race. Uh, and it was an enormous disappointment for him. Uh, and, and of course it would be. But by the same token, we had had Republicans in the Oval Office for 12 years, and this country likes change. Sure. Uh, now, let's talk a little family for a second. In your book, The Last Republicans Inside the Extraordinary Relationship Between George H.W. Bush and George W. Bush, you talk about that, that bond. These two were very close. They were, and I think that, that uh, there was a speculation during the the George W. Bush presidency, that there was acrimony between the two of them, uh, that, that, uh, that the, the father was questioning the policies of the son and was admonishing him on occasion for things that he was doing, and, and that couldn't be further from the truth. George H.W. Bush was the perfect father for George W. Bush during the, the, the latter's presidency because he knew himself the burdens of the office, and he didn't want to be an added burden to his son. Uh, so first and foremost, he played the role of loving and supportive father for his son during his presidency. You've been close with the family. Let's uh, rewind a little bit. And uh, while George H.W. Bush was in office, what kind of man was he behind the scenes in the White House when the, the cameras and the lights weren't on him? You know, I once talked to him about uh, the, the office of the presidency, and he said, you know, I never felt like the loneliest man in the world, you know. You, you see that there's that famous photograph of uh, John F. Kennedy in the Oval Office with his back to the, uh, to the Resolute desk, and you could see the weight of the office on him. And, and George Bush said he understood the responsibilities of the president, but he never felt lonely because his family was around. Family is so much a part of the, of the Bush story. And he had his... Uh, his children around. Uh, Barbara Bush was a was a great partner for him, and he he, he never really uh, lost touch with him during the court during uh, lost touch with them rather during the course of his presidency. And I think it it uh, alleviated a lot of the stress that might come as an inherent part of that job. You call him one of the the last Republicans. Why? Well, I think it, the Republican Party has certainly changed under uh, under the direction of. Of uh, Donald Trump, uh, I mentioned that George H. W. Bush campaigned under a platform of a uh, of a kinder, gentler nation. Uh, he, he talked about compassion 
and civility and humility. And we don't see a lot of those things from our president. We, we see a lot of protectionism. We see a lot of xenophobia and nativism. And those things are anathema not only to George H.W. Bush, but to George W. Bush. Now, on this day uh, that he has come, clearly the, the Bush family knew this day was coming, that, that he had been in failing health. But, but still, this has got to be a shock to them that, uh, that he has now passed and, and now they have to move on. I, he is the, the patriarch of the Bush family. And I, I, all of the Bush children and grandchildren, I think, in, in so many ways have modeled themselves after George H.W. Bush, uh, who they saw as a nearly perfect person, as Jeb put it to me once. Presidential historian and author Mark Updegrove. Mark, thank you. Coming up, the thoughts of a veteran Washington correspondent on how President George H.W. Bush will be remembered. This ABC News special, The Death of President George Herbert Walker Bush, continues after this. When it matters most, he's right there for you. Good evening from Charleston. From Philadelphia. From California. When history is made. Do you have a message for America? When we're all searching for answers. Good evening tonight from Hungary. David Muir, right there. I'm going to ask the secretary here to tackle ISIS first. And when American jobs are on the line. Vamos a ver la marca de los Estados Unidos en, en un coche. He leads the charge. <laughs> because he reports to you. ABC's World News Tonight with David Muir. Your morning's first news. Good morning, America. We want to get right to that breaking news. Never just the headlines. Always digging deeper. Reporting the facts you deserve. The exclusive news-breaking interviews. What everyone's talking about. Robin, George, Michael. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Serving up what you need and what you want. First thing every morning. Good morning, America. That's why GMA is America's number one morning show. We'll see you in the morning on GMA. And we thank you. Hey, this is ABC News congressional correspondent Mary Bruce. Just wanted to tell you about Powerhouse Politics. That's our weekly politics podcast where ABC's Jonathan Carl and Rick Klein break down the biggest stories in Washington and talk to the newsmakers and guests you won't hear anywhere else. Yours truly even makes an appearance once in a while. Again, the podcast is Powerhouse Politics. You can find it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now. Just search Powerhouse Politics and subscribe today. I'm ABC's Rebecca Jarvis. Join me as the world's most influential women reveal how they built their empires, from their earliest mistakes to their riskiest decisions, from the worst advice they ever received to the moments that finally changed everything. It's my podcast, No Limits, with me, Rebecca Jarvis. Check it out on iTunes or abcnewspodcast.com. It's 3 p.m. For 50 million kids across America, school's out. And for a third of these kids, they're out on their own. Out with nowhere to go and nothing to do. But every afternoon is a chance to change America's future. All you have to do is open the door. It's time to support the Boys and Girls Class. Great futures start here. In Cleveland, in San Francisco, in New York City, in cities and towns across the country. Join ABC and help support Feeding America, helping bring much-needed food. Including fruits and vegetables to families in need. We need you to help us grow. To stock the shelves. Fill the food banks. Spread the word. Together we can solve hunger. Be part of the solution at feedingamerica.org slash ABC. Being there matters and your United States Navy protects and defends America on the world's oceans. Around the globe, around the clock, Navy ships, submarines, aircraft, and most importantly, tens of thousands of America's finest young men and women are ready to defend America. When piracy threatens global commerce, when disaster strikes, or when called upon by the Commander-in-Chief, your Navy is there. When it comes to protecting and defending America, being there matters. And America's Navy is already there. Hello, I'm Tyler Christopher. Every day, Shriners Hospitals for Children sends love to the rescue to children with burns, orthopedic conditions, spinal cord injuries, and cleft lip and palate. At their 22 locations, love is so many things. A new smile, learning to walk, and providing care to children regardless of a family's ability to pay. Help Shriners Hospitals continue to provide expert pediatric care 
at lovetotherescue.org. Presented by Shriners Hospitals for Children. This is an ABC News special. The death of President George Herbert Walker Bush. Here is ABC News correspondent Alex Stone. The nation and really now the world remembering President George H.W. Bush passing away at the age of 94. He served only one term as president, but his accomplishments have had a lasting impact. Veteran Washington correspondent Steve Roberts has spent decades covering numerous presidents. We want to get his thoughts now on how President George H.W. Bush will be remembered. Again, my colleague Andy Field, this time with Steve Roberts. Thanks, Alex. Steve, this man has an extraordinary legacy from World War II hero to ambassador to congressman to vice president and then president. What is it that stands out the most to you in terms of his legacy? The one word that I would use to describe uh, George Bush's legacy is decency. It's the old school values that he embodied so well. His father had been a senator. Uh, He grew up at a time uh, when World War II veterans uh, were dominating Congress, uh, veterans who had served together in the war under one flag, not a party flag, but one flag, an American flag. Uh, And he brought that sensibility to politics, uh, very much so. And uh, there was a sense of honor, a sense of civility, You just can't imagine George Bush being nasty or even angry. Obviously, he was a partisan. He was a Republican. He ran the Republican National Committee at one point. But there was this essential honor and decency to the man that in many ways will transcend any particular policy or any particular election. Uh, Steve, uh, George H.W. Bush had a tough time in office. He served one term. Uh, the economy wasn't great. He uh, led a coalition in, in a successful uh, first Gulf War uh, that pushed Saddam Hussein out of Kuwait and then rode the wave of popularity there, but couldn't make it to a second term in large part because of the economy, in large part because he, he had a, a three-candidate race, and then, of course, Bill Clinton came in and won here. But in terms of some of the things that he did that were very popular and still last to this day, Two of the landmark things he did were the immigration law and, of course, the Americans with Disabilities law. All true. Uh, And uh, one of the hallmarks of his presidency was he did work with Democrats. He just always um, had that instinct. you got to remember that um, he came from that tradition of Northeastern Republicanism. As I said, his father was a senator from Connecticut, and it was really— a time when uh, people did work across party lines and progressive Republicans and moderate Democrats formed the center of the U.S. Senate and the center of American politics. And that was how he was brought up and that's how he operated. But you can't underestimate the importance of World War II in shaping that whole generation. Um, And uh, now that that generation has passed from the scene, there are no World War II veterans left in Congress. The last Senator Frank uh, Lautenberg of New Jersey died a few years ago. Sam Hall, a congressman, Ralph Hall, a congressman from Texas, left a few years ago. And that whole spirit of of being Americans first and putting party second uh, has faded away with the fading away of that that generation. But, you know, George Bush in some ways was an accidental president. Uh, It's not unfair to say he ran for Ronald Reagan's third term um, at a time when Reagan was still very popular, barred from running for his own third term. And and, and Bush uh, uh, had the advantage of running against a weak Democratic candidate, Michael Dukakis. And when he had to run on his own four years later uh, and facing a, a much more dynamic and much more effective Democrat, Bill Clinton, he lost. But even in four years, uh, he left a mark and people will remember him as much as anything for the way he acted in office as for what he accomplished. And one thing we haven't seen, certainly in current history, or at least perhaps in the last 40 years, other than George H.W. Bush, is he was a war hero. This is a man who was shot down over the Pacific, nearly captured and and, and tortured, or worse, uh, and and just lucky that he was was, uh, rescued there. Uh, had that not happened, this whole Bush dynasty may have never happened. Well, of course, that's true. And during the uh, funeral for his late wife, Barbara, uh, John Meacham, the 
a wonderful historian who's written a great biography of, of George H.W., you know, said that uh, uh, he was saved for one thing. His wife said, you were, you were saved from that um, horrible uh, uh, tragedy of being shot down and several of his crewmen were lost. And, and uh, what were you saved for? And he just looked at her and said, I was saved for you. Um, and of course, that was a great romance that lasted 73 years, the longest marriage of any president in our entire U.S. history. But this, this memory of George Bush the patriot, George Bush, the soldier, George Bush, the honorable, decent man, transcends party and in many ways transcends his own presidency. Great insight there. Longtime Washington correspondent Steve Roberts speaking with our Andy Field. Coming up, a final goodbye to President George H.W. Bush. This ABC News special, The Death of President George Herbert Walker Bush, continues after this. Are you feeling limitless? I don't think I've ever told this story publicly on the air anywhere, but I'll tell it now. Welcome to No Limits. I'm Rebecca Jarvis. Are you a psychiatrist? (laughs) No. Each week, we're taking an honest look at success and how to get there with the boldest, most influential women in the world. Jessica Alba. Ariana Huffington. Issa Rae. Barbara Corcoran. Robin Roberts. Welcome to No Limits. Listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. This is No Limits. Your morning's first news. Good morning, America. We want to get right to that breaking news. Never just the headlines. Always digging deeper. Reporting the facts you deserve. The exclusive news-breaking interviews. What everyone's talking about. Robin, George, Michael. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Serving up what you need and what you want. First thing every morning. Good morning, America. That's why GMA is America's number one morning show. We'll see you in the morning on GMA. And we thank you. Hey there, it's Jonathan Carl. I wanted to tell you about the podcast I host each week with Rick Klein, Powerhouse Politics. Listen each week for what's going on in Washington from the White House to Capitol Hill and everywhere in between. Rick and I talk to newsmakers and give you our take on the latest news in Washington. Again, the show is Powerhouse Politics, and you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Powerhouse Politics and subscribe today. The Coast Guard protects, defends, and saves lives. We are the Coast Guard Foundation, and we support our United States Coast Guard. We provide scholarships and grants to help make college dreams a reality. We provide equipment and gear to promote fitness and health. And when the unthinkable happens, we're there providing relief to families of the fallen. Go to CoastGuardFoundation.org to help support Coast Guard members and their families. Spending time in nature improves kids' fitness, creativity, confidence, and other important skills. Nature Rocks helps families get out into nature by showing you places to go and what to do in your area to get kids outside and really having fun in nature. You can search activities by age, time available, and even weather conditions. Playing in nature is good for the whole family. So visit nature.org, Nature Rocks, for helpful tips and resources, and then get outside. First out the door, when it matters most, from all across the globe, to every corner here at home, he asks, he listens. For more than a decade, he's been right there, everywhere, David Muir, covering our world. And when American jobs are on the line, he leads the charge. More Americans are now watching World News Tonight than in a decade. And we thank you. ABC's World News Tonight with David Muir. He reports to you. This is an ABC News special, the death of President George Herbert Walker Bush. Here is ABC News correspondent Alex Stone. On this night when the country says goodbye to George Herbert Walker Bush, now some final thoughts from ABC's Ann Compton, who covered President Bush and got to know his family. During the four years of the George Herbert Walker Bush administration, there were lots of parties state dinners because he had strong and believed in the value 
of relationships with foreign leaders, but also very casual nights. I remember sitting at my child's t-ball game when my cell phone rang and it was the White House asking if at uh, 6.30 my husband and I could come to watch a movie at the White House with the president. And I said, well, we'd love to. I don't know who canceled, but we're glad to get the invitation. She said, oh, no, the president just decided to do that. We're just starting to make calls. This was a man who loved kind of impromptu gatherings. Uh, he, He put a very, very high price and value on personal friendships. George Bush was also an incredibly inclusive person, even when it came to entertaining. White House Christmas parties were not simply the cabinet coming in one night or congressional leaders the next. Every one of the many holiday receptions that he gave included everything from members of the Supreme Court to the telephone operators who worked at the White House. He treated every guest as an equal. And he also, when surrounded by guests, loved telling stories, sometimes needling his political opponents or saying something, uh, well, probably not particularly kind about maybe even a friend, but uh, he'd quickly say, now that's off the record, but he enjoyed the camaraderie. It was a house full of joy and family and and a kind of liveliness uh, that was really unparalleled compared to other White Houses. Former ABC News White House correspondent Ann Compton with some of her personal memories of President George Herbert Walker Bush. Now President Bush in his own words. Ladies and gentlemen, I am a candidate for President of the United States. I want a kinder and gentler nation. I may sometimes be a little awkward, but there's nothing self-conscious in my love of country. Kuwait is liberated. Iraq's army is defeated. Our military objectives are met. Read my lips. No new taxes. I've been very blessed when you look around and compare life to others, that how lucky we've been. But you must feel responsibility to others. You must believe in serving others. I do think that that you go to heaven, there is a heaven. And uh, I don't fear it, though. When I was a little guy, I'd fear death. I'd be I'd worried about it, I'd be scared. Not anymore. Remembering the life of President George Herbert Walker Bush, the 41st president of the United States and the patriarch of one of the most powerful political dynasties in American history has died at the age of 94. I'm Alex Stone and this has been an ABC News special, The Death of President George Herbert Walker Bush from ABC News.